This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. first voice of change here for 2024 how exciting how exciting how exciting and i hope that you've had a blessed festive season as well as a blessed new year and that you're coming into 2024 feeling re-energized and just feeling a sense of shalom and peace and even if you don't feel that today i pray that you will just be blessed that god will be with you wherever you are whatever you're feeling whatever you're going through i know people going through some tough things right now and i just pray that god's presence his love, his grace, his mercy will just be multiplied to you and to your family, to your loved ones right now, even as we're just gathered together, as we're sitting here together on Radio K Pulpit, and as we're joining for the next hour on Voice of Change, I pray that God's grace and his goodness will be felt by all of us. It is myself, Lauren Jacobs, and I'm so excited to be with you here for 2024, here for Voice of Change. It's going to be impactful. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be some things that we're going to be discussing over the next couple of weeks that are going to be really great. Again, focusing on the war in Israel as well, which is very important as Christians that we talk about and we continue to get truth, we continue to get perspective. But today on the show, I'm actually going to be joined by Aaron Dranoff, and he is the founding director of the Torah Guide. He's also the author of a book called Judaism, the Messiah and the Jewish Identity, and uh, really just talking about his faith as well as what does it mean when we accept the Messiah and uh, how does that impact Jewish identity and that's what his book is all about but we're not going to be talking about the book today we're actually going to be touching on Aaron's journey to faith and that is very very important you know uh, it's almost very mysterious to hear Jewish people talking about their faith in in the Messiah. You don't often get to engage with Jewish people who believe in Jesus. And so it's very important today for us to have this conversation. And I'm so looking forward to having Aaron joining me on the show to talk about how he came to believe in the Messiah and the cost involved in that as well for many Jewish people being excommunicated, losing their family, losing their loved ones. It's not easy. There is a cost. And uh, it is something that we don't talk often about and so Aaron is joining me on the show today and we're going to touch on that and I also am going to be asking him about how do we reach out to Jewish people because sometimes that's a big question that I get asked as well how do we reach out to Jewish people with the gospel with Jesus someone that they have kind of a perspective on but that they've also heard a lot of nasty things about the Jewish people have been criticized for many centuries and called being called many things through Christians and we need to acknowledge that and so today on the show we're going to be opening that up and Aaron is going to join me to talk through that from his perspective what he has learned so it's going to be a great show it's going to be a sumptuous show it's going to be so much information so much goodness and this is where you want to be so Aaron joins me after this don't go anyway find the wind under your wings discover life with radio k pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m as promised, it's going to be a really, really great show on Voice of Change today because I'm joined by Aaron Dranoff all the way out in the States. And we're going to be talking about something that is very close to both of our hearts. And we really are going to be touching on, you know, 
believing in the Messiah as a Jewish person? What does that mean? What does that look like? How does that impact your identity? You know, what do the rabbis know about the Messiah? What do the Jewish people know about the Messiah? And even more than that. So this is where you want to be for the next hour with myself and Aaron. So with that, Aaron, so great to have you on the show. I know I've wanted to be chatting to you for such a long time. Finally, we've got to this point. We're making it happen. So welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much. It's an honor. I'm really glad we worked it out too. Mm, and it's it's so good to connect across uh, the distance, you know, like so cool that we get to do this. We don't even have to be in the same room anymore. I love what technology gives us, even though technology can be a little bit of a bad thing sometimes. But this is is just so positive and so great. And so with that, having said that, you know, a lot of people are just so excited when they hear, oh, wow, you know, you're Jewish and you believe in the Messiah. That is super mm. cool. But uh, what was that journey like for you? Take us a little bit into your story. Uh, it's sometimes a story that people don't talk about a lot. So how did you sure. come, come to believe, you know, in, in Yeshua, in Jesus? Uh, what, what was that journey for you? Yeah, I think that you, you put it really well about how a lot of people really, really hear that a Jewish person believes in Jesus and they have almost like no categories for that. It's, mm. it's like a totally new concept and usually they're very excited and they're happy. Um, but yeah, I think you raise a really good point. It, it, it's really mysterious for a lot of people. Hmm. Um, so my experience was uh, I didn't grow up in a very religious house. It was very important to my family that we were Jewish. Um, but like most most Jewish Americans, uh, we were not religious. It was just a strong cultural and ethnic identity. And that's really what Jewishness is, is it's a Jewish, it's a, it's a cultural and ethnic heritage. And uh Traditional Judaism is a religion that is very much associated with the Jewish people, but it's not the core of the identity. Hmm. Um, so for me, I grew up knowing I was Jewish, but not very religious, just keeping, you know, Passover and Hanukkah and, and just little things like that. And for me, it was when I was in college, I started to get more interested in Judaism. And I started to connect with three different rabbis on a very regular basis, became very good friends with them. And started to keep little by little more and more of the traditions. Mm -hmm. And separately, I started to have a really deep need to figure out if God was real. I just needed to figure out if I was mm -hmm. designed with a purpose or if I could go about my life and come up with my own purpose and live that way. Hmm. And it started off this year-long search where I was really investigating and really serious about finding the truth. Is there a God or not? And who is it if it's real? And about six months into that journey, I really started to hone in on, I have to figure out who Jesus is if I want to know the answer to this mm. question. And I, I, as I, as I journeyed on, I came to realize that Jesus really is who he said he is. He's a real guy in, in real history who lived and died in order to set me free so that if I believe in him um, and follow him as Lord, I'll be saved. And mm. I, I decided to follow him. And believe in him. And I, I then had to go talk to my rabbis who I was meeting with every week and tell them, Hey, you know, I know we've been talking about this for a while, but, but I, I actually believe in Jesus. And all three of them were really kind and respectful. And mm -hmm. for the next six months, they, they continued to let me talk with them about him. Um, but what that did was they had a lot of emotional reasons to not believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And 
at the same time, I, I was studying history. So I'm taking all these Jewish history classes and I'm learning about all the anti-Semitism that um, the whole world has shown Jewish people. And heartbreakingly, as I'm starting to believe in Jesus, I'm learning that Christians have have all contributed so much, not all of it, but so much of the anti-Semitism for the last 2000 years to Jewish people. Um, and so I don't know how to, how to reconcile all this, but my conversations with the rabbis really forced me to, to figure it out. Cause if I wanted to go talk to them, I needed to figure out, I know for sure that Jesus really is who he says he is, but I don't know how all the little pieces piece together yet. Hmm. So those, those conversations really helped me to, to strengthen my faith and understand how it all works together and who Jesus really is. Mm. You mentioned so many things that are just incredible mm. to me. And, and I love the fact that at the beginning, you also use the word mysterious, you know, when a, a mm. Jewish person believes in Jesus, it's like, you can almost see that someone doesn't really have a context for that. <laughs> this is very mysterious. Yeah. Like, what yeah, are I'm... you? You know, they kind of look at you and they're like, what are you? <laughs> what are you now? Exactly. What were you? What 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 are you now? You know, uh, and, and and Aaron, I want to say this, uh, you know, you, you also just you have braid hair, which is really cool. Uh, you remind mm-hmm. me so much of of Archie from the Archie comics, which is really cool because I loved Archie. <laughs> so don't you find like people got like really like uh, people have a very specific idea of what Jewish people look like. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you encountered that with people? They'd be like, oh, Jewish person must look like this or they must look like this, uh, you know, and, and that is such a stereotype as well that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you all look a certain way. Have you encountered that stereotype from people as well? And that's also a form of anti-Semitism of going that that comes back sure. from, you know, World War Two. You know, oh, if you looked mm-hmm. a certain way, you were a certain person. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I um, I grew up in in uh, new york so in new york mm. is a it's one of the biggest jewish populations in the world so i didn't experience so much of that there everyone is pretty much used to jewish people looking looking different yeah. um and it's pretty similar in, in israel people are very confident and secure in their jewish identity because most people there are jewish mm. um but when you start branching out into where jewish people are very much the minority um like where i live right now in, in texas um, you start getting more and more of that because less people know Jewish people and it comes back to that mysterious factor and, and, and people start stereotyping. And I think that's what you're getting into, right? About when, when people start stereotyping, yeah. that really quickly devolves into, into anti-Semitism. Hmm. Have you seen this as well now? I'm, I'm jumping a little bit because we, we're going to go back mm-hmm. to what you were saying, but have you seen this now as well, uh, specifically after the events of October 7th? And there's a lot of talk around, you know, colonialism, which is mm-hmm. a word we hear a lot. And uh, people think that, you know, Israelis and Jewish people cannot be black people, for example. Right. And so they go, right. oh, colonialism and everything. And we have this huge movement and a lot of people that live in Israel who are black. I mean, we have mm-hmm. Jewish people from Ethiopia, right? They're mm-hmm. Jews. Like people have very much that idea that you it's one-sided. But now we're seeing like like people speaking up and going, actually, being Jewish, it's not you look a certain way. It is like you said, it's so important what you said. It's a it's mm-hmm. an ethnic identity as well. It's not just, you know, it's not Judaism. It is, it is you're born Jewish, whether you're religious or not. It's your ethnic right. identity. It is, you, right. you're, you're not getting away from that. You don't have to be religious, you know, to be Jewish. So 
it's amazing how we have to change those mindsets and those stereotypes. And because there's that stereotyping, it leads to that anti-Semitism through so much ignorance. Absolutely. And uh, it's really interesting what you said about how um, you have, well, you know, if you're black, you can't be Jewish. It's, Mm. it's so, it's so funny because um, there's a, there's kind of an idea that uh, a lot, I've heard a lot of Jewish people have about anti-Semitism. And I think they're so spot on that any stereotype that people have against the Jewish people that's anti-Semitic, somebody else anti-Semitic has the exact opposite stereotype. Um, they just, it's almost like they cancel each other out. It, it, it's almost mm. uh, revealing how ridiculous it is. So you mentioned how people say, um, you know, if, if you're black, then you, how could you possibly be Jewish? Well, there's people, actually one of the fastest growing movements in America right now is this anti-Semitic, it's honestly a cult um, mm-hmm. called Black Hebrew Israelites. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they say that no white people can be Jewish. It's only uh, mm. people of African descent and Caribbean descent. Mm. And so you have two totally polar opposite <laughs> stereotypes yeah. that you then neither of them can be true, but they're both um, hating people group. And that, and I'm not saying that black people can't be Jewish. Like you said, Ethiopian yeah. Jews and many other, many other groups of Jewish people um, who are black and Jewish. Mm-hmm. I love that we're able to have this conversation because it's not one that you can just have with every, anybody or everybody right. that gets that. So it's super, super cool. And okay. So I know, like you said as well, you know, when you, you came to faith and kind of was like, okay, I believe in who Jesus is and I believe in, in who he said he is. And you, you went back to the rabbis that you, you were meeting with all the time and studying with. And like you said, mm-hmm. they were really kind and, and everything was, was great. And, and they were taking you through that, but you said something very important. They had an emotional, you know, reality mm-hmm. towards yeah. Jesus. And we have to pause there and unpack that a bit. And and again, you also mentioned something so important. You know, the Jewish people have heard for a very long time, and maybe it's less now, I'd like to believe it's less, I don't know if it's less, but there was huge moments in history for very long periods of time where Jewish people were called, you know, Christ killers and mm. things like that. What did you discover about the emotional realities that the rabbis have towards Jesus? And because of those kind of things, because of the things that Jews have been called and things that have been said. And let's unpack that a little bit because it's very important the role that the church and, and Christians throughout time have played in this reality. Yeah, yeah. It, that's, it's a very important thing that honestly, I have a video. on. We, so I'm a director of a ministry called The Torah Guide. And on our YouTube channel, we have a video called What Every Christian Needs to Know About Anti-Semitism. Mm. And I really do believe that every Christian needs to know a few things about anti-Semitism. Um, and the reason that they need to know those things is because as Christians, we are representatives of Christ mm. Jesus here on earth. Um, so if people in the name of Jesus have done truly awful things to a group of people we really should know about that so that we mm-hmm. can reconcile and rightly portray Jesus, who he really is to that group of people, because you don't want to have a group of people who, who don't really know the real Jesus. They know a false Jesus. That is a big failure on the part of us, the representatives of that, of that person, Jesus. Yeah. So um, what, what I think we see throughout history is 
that's starting very early on, right after Jesus in the first century, um, as this message that this Jewish man from Galilee, uh, who is a long-awaited king of Israel, who was anointed as the Messiah, not only saved the Jewish people, but extended that blessing out to the Gentiles. Mm. That message very quickly as, I mean, look, there's, there's one Jewish nation and there's countless other nations. There's way more Gentiles than there are Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So as the message spreads to Gentiles, uh, Gentiles be- begin to very quickly grow arrogant against the Jewish people and think this false theology that Gentiles or th- that the church, the, the, the body of Christ is only Gentile and that they have replaced Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So you have church fathers very early on, um, Augustine, people even before Augustine, Justin Martyr, very famous, mm-hmm. uh, Chrysostom, uh, Origen, you have all of these people who are um, believing all these anti-Semitic things and teaching that the that Gentiles, Gentile Christians have replaced Jewish people and that God is done with the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has led to very, very atrocious things happening, um, like uh, blood libels, which is yeah. rumors being spread about Jewish people. Um, that, I just want to say that this has happened so many times throughout history that we have a, a name for it, blood libels, where yeah. a group of uh, not, I'm not talking about Christian leadership, but things trickle down So leadership, mm. like those, those, uh, giant names I just mentioned mm. have these uh, beliefs and they trickle down. And then you have your Christian commoners who may or may not ever have read a Bible or owned one in their life, um, go and stir up a rumor. And then their village goes and attacks and decimates a Jewish village. That's basically a blood libel. You have pogroms, mm. which are very similar, but state sponsored uh, persecution of Jewish people. You mm. have all over Europe, Jewish people expelled over and over again. The Spanish Inquisition, which is, um, you know, m- much more recent history mm-hmm. uh, of the the church, basically trying to root out heresy and targeting Jewish people, torturing them, getting them to to turn in other Jewish people. Crusades, um, while the Crusades weren't only directed at Jewish people, they were trying to reconquer the Holy Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, people realize, hey, we have religious outsiders that live one town over, and the slogan starts, kill a Jew, save your soul. So really awful things that are done in the name of Jesus throughout history. And as Christians, we need to know about this because there's a, there's a people group right now that the same, his, the same history that we as Christians don't really know so well because it's really our negative history hmm. is the same history that they have to keep in mind as Jewish people for preservation. They have to remember that they've been persecuted or else it's going to happen again. Mm. So the same things that we forget is the same thing that they have to remember. Mm. Wow. That's an important reality and an important point. And, and I think it's important for people to realize sometimes people go, I don't like history. You know, I don't know if you've heard people say that they go, I don't like history. So they they don't really study it or want to know about it, but our history really informs our reality, informs where we are today. And I think it's important for people to realize and to acknowledge what you are talking about now as well. And I know that my dad's family were part of that expulsion that happened in Spain a very long time Mm -hmm. ago, but that reality, that history, that narrative, it forms part of your DNA. It forms part mm-hmm. of who you are and who you become. You know, it's a, it's a reality that that people have, and you know, the Jewish people have heard these things, and this is part of what we need to uncover, talk about, 
And I know that in recent times, more and more Christians are coming to that knowledge and and kind of Mm -hmm. repenting of this and saying, you know what, we really are sorry about what has happened and and we want to move forward. We have a heart for Israel. We have a heart for the Jewish people. And 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 that is the what I see a lot of here in South Africa as well, and which is really great, even though the narrative doesn't seem to, the narrative of the governmental leadership doesn't seem to speak that way. But I mean, you know, in truth, people do feel that way. And I, as we take a quick song break, I kind of want to challenge you as a listener to kind of think about your own reality and how you really feel inside about the Jewish people. You know, sometimes you hear Jewish jokes, you can hear them like a, you know, and you go, oh, haha, that's really funny. But what is the root of that? Or have you heard anti-Semitism maybe in your congregation, in your Bible study, in, in your own life, in your own family, and it made you feel maybe uncomfortable? So I want to challenge you as a listener just to think deeply about this as we go to a quick song break. But don't go anywhere because Erin and I are still going to be together after this, and we're still going to be chatting through this, and uh, it's just going to be a great time. So don't go anywhere. Faith, hope, and love. Be victorious in your own life with Radio Cape Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Yeah, with me, Lauren Jacobs here on Voice of Change. And I hope that you have been with me from the very beginning because I'm having an incredibly amazing conversation. It's such a blessing to me to have with Aaron Dranoff. And uh, it's just it's just incredible that we can talk about the, the truth about Judaism, being Jewish, Jewish identity, coming to faith in the Messiah. And Aaron, one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I know that this is something people do ask, what do the rabbis know and understand about the Messiah? Because we have hundreds of prophecies in uh, in Torah, in you know the, the writings and the prophets. We have them all over about the Messiah. And uh, you know that the rabbis understand a lot about the Messiah, what he would be, what he would look like. So what do they really know about the Messiah? How do they recognize him, identify him? What does that look like to a Jewish rabbi? Yeah, that is a really good question. And I wish I could give you one clear cut. <laughs> this is this is what rabbis believe about the Messiah. Um, but the truth is, it's much more complicated. The Messiah in in there, there's really a, a few different main denominations of, of modern rabbinic Judaism. Um, I think the three overarching branches, it's safe to say, is reform, conservative, and orthodox. But there isn't one type of theology. It's more about how they practice is, are the real differences between those three groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we look at the, the rabbinic, the major rabbinic texts, which would be the Mishnah, the Talmud, and then I'm, I'm going to skip ahead to the Zohar, which is a more mystical book. Yeah. These are books that are called part of the oral law. I, I think uh, I've heard you talk about them bef- that before, so you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, 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 in addition to the, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, there is another body of literature that rabbis consult that uh, is, is really more central to modern Jewish theology than the Old Testament is. Now, there's many different ideas about the Messiah in those texts. Ultimately, what's what the idea is, is that those texts, the oral Torah, the oral law, is supposed to get everything from the, the Old Testament. So it's like interpreting it. Mm. Um, but it doesn't always do that correctly. In fact, very often it's not correct. Mm. So um, what Jewish people think about the Messiah is very varied. Um, it 
the main thing is that the Messiah has taken a backseat in terms of, of importance in modern Judaism. So it's not very important. It's not as if Jewish people are waiting and hoping for the Messiah to return. Some of them are. Ultra-Orthodox groups tend to lean more that way. Yeah. Um, but more more often than not, the Messiah is just kind of nice. You know, I hope I hope that the Messiah comes. That would be cool. You know, peace mm-hmm. around the world. And that's the idea of Messiah is essentially there's going to be a messianic age that the Messiah comes back. And uh, some people say that when when Jewish people start keeping uh, their their commands that they're supposed to keep that God commanded, uh, that the Messiah is going to return and then we're going to have this age where there's no more war. Um, but there's some mm-hmm. problems with that because in the oral law and in uh, most uh, r- rabbinic Jewish mindsets, the Messianic age actually started right on time, um, right around the time of Jesus, because the all the rabbis and all the Jewish people around at the time of Jesus were expecting the Messiah to come at that time based on the timeline in the book of Daniel. Yeah. So this this causes a problem. And later rabbis, a famous rabbi named Rashi, is trying to work out why the Messiah didn't come when he was supposed to come. And so there's all different sorts of reasons for why the Messiah didn't come. Of course, as Christians, we know that the Messiah did come and the Jewish people divided over him. Some Jewish people believed in him and some did not. Mm-hmm. This is so important what you're talking about as well. And I don't think that people realize there are so many different bodies of Jewish work, like you're talking about, you know, oral traditions and the Talmud, the Zohar. Uh, I remember studying Tanya, the Tanya, which I Mm. I didn't like at all, but it was part of Jewish studies at the time. But, you know, you have all these these bodies of work that you're at. you know, you study and I would ask, like, why aren't we studying the Bible? <laughs> mm-hmm. It'd be like, yeah. this, is, this is the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? This is the Bible? Okay, cool. You know, so right. you have, right? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that maybe that was some experience you had. You kind of like, why aren't we reading Genesis? <laughs> you Right, like, exactly. No, I, I remember very clearly being in, I, I was meeting with the rabbis. This is, this is before I started looking to Jesus. And I was meeting with my rabbis. And they gave me um, the Torah, which is, mm-hmm. uh, it's the name of the, the, the five books of Moses, mm-hmm. uh, the Pentateuch. And I open it up and there's some words in bold and there's some words that not that are not in bold. And I remember asking him and he says, oh, that's uh, the ones in bold are more important. That's all he explained. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I later found out is that the words that are actually in the first five books are the, word, are the words in bold and the non-bolded words were words that are from commentators, rabbinic commentators that are in, in, in that oral law that I mentioned, that rabbinic yeah. body of literature. So they take commentary and insert it into the Torah. And if you don't know any better, if you haven't been trained in this stuff, like I wasn't at the time, then yeah. you just think you're reading the Bible for itself. And so, of course, you're going to be led astray. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember even hearing, uh, you know, I remember hearing a rabbi once saying that, you know, basically alluding to a verse in Deuteronomy 30. I remember where it says Mm. that, you know, one does need to go up into the heaven to get this book, uh, you know, to proclaim it. It has been kind of given to us. And it was like, it's been given to us and we're, we're going to interpret it. You know, this is, and so this, so see, it says it there that we have this right to interpret it and and teach it to you, you know, and I was kind of like, really? (laughs) I just want to read, read what it says, you know, uh, but but this is important what you, what you're sharing with us as well. The, so people are probably going to sit back and go, "Wow, uh, 
Does that mean it's very hard for Jewish people to believe in Jesus? Is it very hard for them then to come to finding truth that's that's written in his word? You know, a lot of people think that maybe Jesus has to actually divinely through a vision or something reveal himself to Jewish people because it's so difficult for them to receive the truth about him. But, you know, I don't I don't really feel like that's necessarily the truth. But how do you what is your perception on that as well? And, and you know, uh, and, and on that salvation as a Jewish person? Sure. Um, I think that sometimes there's a lot of truth to that. Sometimes in some Jewish communities, you have much more to lose by following Jesus mm. than than your average person. But yeah. that said, everybody who really wants to follow Jesus has to give up their life to take mm. up a new life. So it's just happening for a Jewish believer all up front. You're giving up, you're, you're, you're possibly t- cutting relations with your family who might not understand, who might not agree with you, but... Mm. What you what you what you experience by believing in Jesus is you're you're basically you can imagine that in your hands you're holding something that is really precious to you, your Jewish identity. Mm. And when when you believe in Jesus, you are putting that down and you're picking up a new identity. And what you discover as you pick up this new identity is that it's actually way more authentically Jewish, first of all, but it's mm. way better and you would never you would never give it up for anything else. It's, something, it's way more valuable than anything you could possibly imagine. But mm. not everyone sees that. And so I would say that it, it is, there's way more barriers in front of a Jewish person to even hear about Jesus in the first place. So as Christians, we really should be remembering all this history that a lot of the church, the, the, the so-called church, the, the Christian world, whether or not it was done um, by genuine Christians or not, mm-hmm. has done so much evil to the Jewish people. For the past 2000 years, like you said, there's been faithful, genuine Christians who have loved the Jewish people all that time. We should really want to be a part of that group of people who genuinely love the Jewish people and want to do everything we can to portray the real Jesus to the Jewish people, because most of them have never even heard about him. Mm-hmm. That's so important. And and so that brings me to asking a question that I think some of the listeners would have. And that is how then do you bring the Messiah? How do you reveal him to Jewish people? Because sometimes I, I hear people that have a, a heart for the Jewish people, you know, maybe they have Jewish mm-hmm. friends and they always go, I want to represent the Messiah to them, but I also don't want to just, you know, not speak the truth when, when I feel maybe I should, but I want to do it in a way that's correct and appropriate because we all come from different backgrounds and, you know, different cultural identities and ethnic identities. And I think it's so important that we as people learn, you know, when you go on the mission field, for example, and you're going to a country that's way different, you have orientation, right? You know, like mm. this is this is what you do if you're in India and you're trying to reach people or in Thailand where 1% of people are Christian, you know, it's going to go in and go, hey, have you heard of Jesus? Because they, they might not have. So we've got to learn how to do this. How would you say is the best way for people who are maybe listening to us and going, okay, I do have Jewish neighbors. I want to reach them with, with the message of Jesus. How do I do this? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, the, the first thing is to recognize that most missionaries, what you want to do when you're sharing the gospel is if you're going into a new country, you want to actually get the locals involved, right? If you're going mm-hmm. to, um, I don't know, let's say you're going to Peru, you're going to want to get the local people in Peru to, uh, 
as they start accepting Jesus. You want to help help them to contextualize and share the gospel um, in their own language because they're going to be best at it. Yeah. In in uh, the Jewish world, it's actually a little bit different. Scripture tells us, Paul says in Romans, he has a whole excerpt on the Jewish people in Romans 9 through 11. And he tells us that God actually brought Gentiles in. So, so like we said, the Jewish people have divided over Messiah, over Jesus. Mm. Some Jewish people accepted him and, and many accepted him and many did not. And God grafted in the Gentiles, this is Romans 11, so as to save the Gentiles, but also to make Israel, the Jewish people, jealous. So as a Gentile, you have a unique opportunity to share the gospel with a Jewish person. So if you're listening, know that. Um, That's not going to stop me from sharing it and not going to stop Laura from sharing it either. But just know that God has actually appointed you as as a Gentile to be part of the body of Messiah. And so you know enough to take the gospel to a Jewish person. The best thing to do is to, first off, pray. For them, second, love them really well. If a Jewish mm-hmm. person trusts you as a believer in Jesus, it's going to shatter all sorts of categories. They have all this, all this understanding, this false understanding of who the Christians are in the Christian world, and all this antagonistic stuff that they imagine because of all the history. And you're going to shatter that because you're going to be a Christian who actually loves them and loves their Jewish, and is not stereotyping Jewish people. Mm-hmm. That is going to make them curious. You want to make them curious. Yeah. Then. You're really just going to tell them your story of how Jesus worked in your life and how he saved you. So just tell tell the story of how Jesus changed life, how it changed your life. Hmm. Um, and then the next step would be learning more about how the Jewish scriptures points to Jesus, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. But if you never become an expert in that, that's really okay. That would really be helpful. But if you never get a PhD in, in Old Testament, <laughs> you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Most, most Jewish people don't know as much of the Old Testament as your average Christian, because like we said, there's this whole other body of rabbinic writings that are really, have really become more important than the Old Testament. Mm. That's so important to, to realize as well. And I love what you shared, Erin. Thank you so much for that. Because, you know, like you said, you don't have to have a PhD in the Old Testament or ancient and Eastern cultures or studies. Right. You know, it, it might be useful, but, but we, you know, you don't have to as well. And I know that you, through your ministry Torah guide, uh, also creates amazing videos and amazing things on Instagram, on YouTube, and uh, things that people can really learn from and take on board and will be able to not only reach Jewish people, but learn about the Hebrew Bible as well for themselves. So how do people go and find those videos and, and you know, be able to learn more and take more on board for themselves? Uh, you know, do they jump on social media? Give us all that information. Sure, yeah, you can find us on pretty much all social media. Um, it's called the Torah guide, Torah as in the first five books of the old Testament. And yeah, like you said, we make, uh, all different types of resources and content to help people read the Hebrew Bible, the old Testament and understand it and not just build up knowledge and, and know stuff, but the goal is to help you discover Jesus and experience the story that, that you have a part of as a believer in Jesus, we are a part of, of the biblical story and the new Testament is carrying the Hebrew Bible story forward. So yeah, you can find us. We have a, a website, the Torah guide.com, um, the Torah guide underscore on Instagram, and then the Torah guide on, on pretty much every other social media channel. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to dive even deeper, I have a book called Judaism, the Messiah and Jewish identity, which is pretty much just a deeper dive on, on all of that. 
Mm. A deeper dive on like just a few things that we touched on today as well. And I think uh, it's it's so important to to read, to have knowledge, to learn, and to be able to know these things. And especially in the generation that we are alive in, the events that are unfolding before us right now, even as you and I sit talking here today, mm. and what we've seen over the past few months, it's uh, it's it's important times that we are living in. And Erin, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. It's been such a joy for me. And uh, thank you so much for the incredible work that you're doing, the education that you're bringing to people. And thank you, though, also for just being the light of Yeshua, the light of our Messiah to everybody. And it's just so incredible. And I'm so grateful for that today. So thank you so much for being with me and for just sharing with the listeners as well. Yeah, thank you. It's been an honor. I've, I'm really glad that we got to do this, especially just talking, you know, since the fact we're in totally different contexts all the way across the world from each other. So it, it's just really meaningful experience. Thank you. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. And maybe one day we'll see each other in Jerusalem, <laughs> the side of, of life for a Passover celebration. Who knows? Next year. Hey, you never know. You never know. Thank you so much, Aaron, and take care and God bless. God bless. Radio Celebrating Life. Yes. It's Radio Cape Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. I hope you've enjoyed the show as much as I have today. It is not very often that we get to connect as Jewish people who love the Messiah and also just as people who love the Jewish people. Maybe you were listening there, have been praying in earnest for Israel the past couple of weeks. And I encourage you to keep doing that, to keep on loving your Jewish neighbors, even if they don't believe in the Messiah, to not see Jewish people as someone that you just need to convert, but to see them as someone that is loved by God and to keep praying for the Jewish people, to keep praying for them, to keep praying for Israel and to also realize that they have a huge role to play in the end times and that there are many prophecies still to be fulfilled and a love that God has in his heart for his people. And he has not done away with the Jewish people. They have a huge role to play in the realities that will unfold in the days weeks and years that lie ahead and so i'm really grateful that you know the messiah is being revealed and he is being revealed to the jewish people he's been revealed in israel and uh, we're hearing stories we're hearing miracles and just recently i heard of someone who lives in israel is a jewish believer in the messiah and him and his wife just ministered to people and share the truth about the messiah and he said that you know when they started doing this over a decade ago, there was just a few thousand people living in Israel that were Jewish that believed in the Messiah, but that has risen to over 40,000 people. So many Jewish people coming to faith in Messiah, but also when we pray for the Jewish people, pray that those who do accept Messiah and that do believe in Jesus, that they will have a family of faith around them because they can count that cost and they will lose loved ones or community and it's very very difficult to pray into those things as as the word of god tells us that you know god puts the lonely in families and i i pray that he would do that as well so it's just been such a great time that i've had on the show today just talking about this it's insightful i hope that you've learned something and also just been stirred and that your heart is towards God's people as together we form one family, one family of faith. And, uh, you know, it's just incredible to know that and to acknowledge that truth. And so it's been so good to be with you today. Next week, I'm going to be touching on the war in Israel, but also what is something that we are currently seeing unfold in South Africa is that the South African government, the, the governmental leadership is is 
taking Israel to the ICC for war crimes, as they say. What do we have to feel about this? What do we think about this? What is actually really happening? What does this really mean? What is going to be happening? And the hearing set to take place next week anyway. So that's what we're going to be touching on on the show. Very important that we stay ahead of what's happening and how the enemy is moving. And so that we know how to pray and that we know how to just be in God's will with him every single moment of every single day. And so it's been so great to be with you again, as always, blessings of love, peace and joy in Jesus. Until next time, take care and God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.